0: Hey, there's something pressing that I think we should do. We should do before we get too deep into spring. I wanted to talk about it here on the Carolina Outdoors. Welcome, everyone. This is Bill Barty on this side. And Wes Lawson over here on the far side. Let me tell you, Wes, what I did. And um, I've spoken about this area many times here on the Carolina Outdoors because I'm familiar with it. Maybe I'm a slow learner. I do not know. But um, the reason it's pressing is because I had a chance to go out to Kings Mountain Mm -hmm. National Military Park. Mm -hmm. This is a federal park. The National Park Service is who operates it. It hugs up next to a South Carolina state park, which is a whole other topic for a whole other day here on the Carolina Outdoors. But I went. There's a new. They have great rangers, Mm -hmm. great park rangers in the National Park Service. Uh, but there was a new one who was uh, at Kings Mountain National Military Park, and I had the opportunity to do a walk with him. He and maybe six other people, and it was a non-boring history hike. Was Patsy Cline playing in the background? No Patsy Cline, but I was able to enjoy their newer trail that they have, Mm. uh, counter-bouncy and springy, made of recycled rubber, tires, that sort of thing, compounded. But why is it important that we go out there for this hike now? It's 1.5 mile. um, That's one and a half miles for many of us. uh, Loop. How many kilometers? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. We'll come back to that. But the growth of the trees, the the, the greenery, the, all of that wasn't too vibrant yet. Okay. Therefore, it mimics really how it was back in 1780 during the Battle of Kings Mountain, yep. which was uh, called, to, for many, a turning point of the war. It mm-hmm. showed that um, uh, Americans would fight. In mm-hmm. fact, it was only Americans versus Americans, uh, Loyalists versus um, yeah, Patriots. Well, only one tories. British officer died? That's right. It was uh, um, Patrick Ferguson. And I had a whole new look at, at his situation as well. But what I really appreciated is if you drive by Kings Mountain, mm-hmm. many of us who live here in this area may look over there and see just a hill. Yeah, But it is a ridgeline. Now it's covered with trees and forest and is, can be dense. They do manage it and do burns to keep the, the uh, some of the brush and, and whatnot away. But now before the green uh, canopy comes back and, and all of that, it lets you see the view of the ridgeline, what they would have seen uh, with a clear top, because Kings Mountain back yep. then was was cleared, and um during our walk many things were pointed out but one of them was um the difference in the tools that each side was using yeah. the the militia um was was using muskets but the others the patriots were using rifles now do you know the difference between a musket and a rifle it's not putting you on the spot just rhetorical yes you do know? Yes. Well, I don't think I did know. <laughs> so uh, rifles weren't used by armies back then. They were more of a hunting weapon, yeah, which is what the yeah. farmers and, and the citizens would have used on the uh, frontier. Um, so that's what the American militia was using. The loyal, loyalist had muskets. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so the the rifles, the, bar- the inside of the barrel has a, a steady twist, so the the yes, so the musket ball, the projectile spirals, so it's more accurate. And if you had that as your primary means of putting meat on the table, you did not want to miss. That's, but die, if man. but if you had to outfit a large army, as the British did, who were going to fire in volley style formation, essentially functioning like a. 60-man shotgun, right? you didn't need individual accuracy, and it would cost too much. So you, why would you spend the money to have those things rifled if they really weren't aiming at the other side? They were just firing in unison.
0: Um, Are you looking onto my paperwork? You're describing it uh, precisely. That's, that is right on. And the other thing was speed. Mm-hmm. Rifle fired once a minute, but a, a musket was um, uh, easy to load. But inaccurate. Yeah, and and it would have been you know a a fast, well-trained soldier
1: might be able to to reload one of those three or four times a minute. Yes. maybe, but you couldn't sustain that as the as the gun warms up. You've got to
0: give it some time. You've got to clean them out every so often. I mean, it's it's a process. Well, I learned that, and I really appreciated going back to getting out there before spring gets too far. Mm-hmm. A lay of the land. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a a, a wonderful uh, brief uh, film that they show uh, on the, the battle. They have a, a nice museum. But from the outdoor component of a walk around the battlefield and the texture of the land that both sides were utilizing and, and how they were utilizing in the scheme of battles, I guess this would have been a relatively small one. Yep but still meaningful, and it's so close to us here in Charlotte. It seems a waste not to go over there and have that understanding, and it was a beautiful day in the Carolinas for a hike, and then I just got this education along the way. Uh, To the one British citizen that was there, Colonel Patrick Ferguson, I always thought, and you know what? Shame on me. Maybe I just did not pay attention, but it was the... um, the normal tradition is to throw a rock on his grave hmm. and it is a big pile of rocks there and i threw another rock on his grave but the one new understanding that i have is he was a scotsman a scotsman and it was a tradition of honor and respect to to throw a rock on the deceased grave That's part of that Scottish tradition. Um, The American version was always to keep him down, kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke to make sure that 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 guy was there. Um, It was not ever out of disrespect of hate or Mm, throw it, which as a middle school kid, maybe I misunderstood that part. Yeah,
1: easily done. Well, you think about, you know, in today's technology, King's Mountain is not far from where we sit right now because of cars, that would have been a solid day or two or three walk or horse ride. You could do it, I guess, in a day on a horse. The horse wouldn't like it. Um, <laughs> right. But even that battle, you know, the over-mountain boys, no one had comfortable shoes if they had shoes at all. It would have been moccasins of some sort. Clothes would have been ragtag, um, hungry and thirsty. I mean, there's a lot went into that that we don't have a real understanding of um, but that was a real turning point um for everybody That was it,
0: that's ex- exciting stuff highly recommended to take comfortable shoes out there maybe a water bottle and uh enjoy learning a l- little bit of history while getting some good fresh spring air carolina air uh in your lungs along the way that's straight from the carolina outdoors which is who we are west lawson bill bartee we are from Jesse Brown's Outdoors. And with that being said, China Blackman in the Charlotte Observer just had something published. Uh, the most popular fashion trends in North Carolina. What would they be? Number one, cowboy boots and loafers. Those what,
1: are two very different styles <laughs> of shoe.
0: What a combination. In North Carolina, cowboy boots and loafers are the most popular must have fashion items according to the fashion experts experts with boohoo revealing the trends in the united states this is based on google search data and monthly search volume for fashion trends in each state the list starts off one and two cowboy boots and loafers followed by and this is matches up with us chelsea boots and of course at jesse brown's we have the ever-fashionable Blundstone Mm -hmm, brand, mm -hmm. the original uh, Australian Chelsea boot on hand. Number four, Graphic Tees, which we have at Jesse Brown's as well. Number five in popularity, Puffer Jackets, which we sell quite a few of. Name brand of the Patagonia Nano Puff Mm -hmm, with the Primaloft lining. So... These are also the top trends ac- across the country overall, with cowboy boots being the most searched trend in 38 of our 50 states in the United States. Loafers are second most popular, with 12 states leading the way in searches. Well, and you know, without getting too
1: into the weeds on it, cowboy boots as a category, I, I get yes, but. Technically, a cowboy boot has a raised heel and a pointed toe. I bet most of what we're seeing are ropers ah. with that lower heel, not a not a Cuban or a bulldog heel, and a slightly more rounded toe. But, hey, you wear what's comfortable and looks good for you. They're all good.
0: Well, they had something to say. A, bo- a Boo Hoo spokesperson said cowboy boots have been a popular fashion trend in the U.S. for many years, particularly in western states But they have only recently gained the momentum to reach mainstream fashion across the globe and are especially favored among festival goers and fashion enthusiasts who appreciate the style of Western wear. Well, like the man said, my
1: heroes have always been cowboys. But, you know, they've gotten more comfortable. I get that. I probably wouldn't want to go to a festival in them. But um, I'm sure Kevin Costner and a few other people have helped sell a lot of boots in Western wear in the last few years. That's a Um, good get, but Mm -hmm. they've been around for more than a minute. So have Chelsea boots, but Chelsea boots look a lot different now than Beetle boots. You know what John? So true. John and uh, Ringo had, but you know you get the right pair. They're comfortable and they're versatile. Loafers are kind of the same thing to me. They're a torture device, but (laughs) I get it. I get why people (laughs) like them. Um,
0: Rounding out the items on the list uh, in North Carolina, bomber jackets. What? Tren- trench coats, Ooh. sun dresses, and here's one that's it, it very popular: Jesse Brown's shackets. Do you know what a shacket is?
1: Is it a shirt? Is it a jacket? Is it a schwacket?
0: It's a shacket. Bomber, bomber, <laughs> a shirt jacket. bomber jackets and trench coats. Really? <laughs> that's according to Boohoo, huh? You, you need to get. I don't know if it's a pair of cowboy boots or not, but everyone reminded that April 23rd. One of the events that Jesse Browns is participating in is the Urban Hike. We're meeting at Fair Meadows Swim and Racquet Club in the South Park area. It's going to be a 7.7 mile hike, but we're going to have guides pointing out historical places, points of interest, and we're going to finish up at Legion Brewing. There in the south park area if you're late and can't meet us at one at fair meadows on april 23rd that's a sunday then you will see us walking along the way the greenway and the other parts of the trail this is not just a sidewalk hike don't think you're going to be walking down uh, fairview road necessarily it's going to be a wonderful hike had by all and you are invited also That same week, the Thursday, Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown's. Come hear a neighbor's adventure. That's April 27th at 6 o'clock. We've got three brand new stories hitting the stage at Jesse Brown's Outdoors. For more details, go over to jessebrowns.com. And on that topic, go to jessebrowns.com not only to hear highlights of the Carolina Outdoors, but you can go to our news that we mm-hmm. have. There's a great news article. If you do not follow us on Facebook or Instagram, please jump over to new, uh, jessebrowns.com. Hit the news because there is big news in the South Park area and how it's going to impact a local Charlotte outfitter. Dun dun dun. He's Wes Lawson. I'm Bill Barty. Back after this.